0: you're listening to The Gospel Project for Preschooling Kids weekly leader training, helping you teach your kids the big story of the Bible. On this episode, we're talking about the Easter session, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. So, Karen, as we think about this session, it's Pretty much on the nose. We've done this before. What is this session about? (laughs) Gee, I wonder what. It's Easter. It's it's the crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to be faithful at the expense of creativity at times. This is the time we got to talk about... Jesus' crucifixion. Now, there in resurrection, there is some, of course, wiggle room because you have the different Gospels that treat this, and there are many details. You can kind of pick and choose a little bit from Easter to Easter. This uh, time, we are using Matthew's account for the most part, but also dipping into John a little bit, perhaps. So Matthew 26 through 28 and John 20. So Again, if, as our leaders are preparing this week, you want to look at the set, the uh, Bible study that's in your leader guide that you either read to your kids, or will watch the video, and that script will correspond. But we want to look at this in the in the scriptures itself to get the bigger view of what's going on, because we can't accord, of course, include all those details. So Matthew twenty six through twenty eight. John 20, read those, what, four chapters at some point, just be familiar with them. So we are stepping out of the chronology, uh, stepping away from Acts and the epistles where we have been studying uh, the last uh, several units, and we are, of course, again, looking at Easter. The goal this week is, again, it's, it's a gimme, We're, it's to talk about the basic Easter story, the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. But I want to encourage you as you do that, our adults and students focus on this more in their content. So especially if your church uses all ages, um, your adults, the parents are going to be f- spending more time focusing on something. And, and if if we uh, at least try to mention it a little bit in our time together, it will help family discipleship. I, again, I don't, think, don't feel like you need to do this, of course, but I think it's an extra win that's kind of hanging out there. And it is twice at the end of this, you'll see the phrase, don't be afraid, which is great. I think the angel says it first, uh, and then Jesus himself says it. And so the adult and student content camps out there. Because of the gospel, we don't have to be afraid. And so again, I'm going to talk about that a little bit in our takeaways at the end of our time on this episode. But just to put that in your mind as you're reading and thinking and praying through getting ready to talk about this session with your kids. So with that in mind, let's move on and talk about any areas needing concern or uh, caution, rather, or anything extra prep time. Uh, So, Karen, as you look at toddlers' preschool content, is there anything to mention in those areas?
1: Yeah, uh, just I feel like I always need to say when we do the crucifixion in particular that it, you know, People will push back that it's not a story, not appropriate for, you know, little ones. And, um, you know, we've talked extensively about that. I I even think if you wanted to go back and look at the, um, listen to the leader training when we talked about Easter within the chronology or just the crucifixion in particular, I know we really camped out there. But again, you're focusing on facts, you're reading the room um, and using your wisdom. So just want to encourage leaders in that. And then just as far as, like, preparation for activities, I know for toddlers, they're going to look for living things, which involves leaving the classroom. And just want to say, you know, Easter Sunday is probably going to be a more chaotic day. I will say, though, if you, you're going to probably have a lot of kids with little ones with separation anxiety, mm-hmm. crying. So leaving the classroom really can help alleviate that if you're in strollers, um, you know, and have some extra help. Um I think that could actually provide some relief (laughs) to your leaders. So don't just dismiss that and think we have got we've got too many kids to look around for living things. Um, And then two, there's activity to tell the good news. And that's, again, recording toddlers. So you want to follow your church's security procedures in that. Um, And then for preschool, so there's an activity called Make Scratch Art. And I'll tell you, when I was editing this session, I was like, oh, that's really cute. But I think that's going to be too expensive to ask churches to do. But I quickly, you know, researched it. And actually, scratch art is pretty affordable. So scratch art, for those of you who don't know, it's like, Um, You have like a, just a black sheet and under it, it has colors and you can scratch into it with like a chopstick or craft stick. It's very cool. Um, But like Amazon has 50 of the sheets for $6.99. Oriental Trading has 50 for $10. Um, So, you know, if you have a ton of kids that might get pricey. But it's very affordable if you've got like an average size group. But if you need to go even cheaper, you could just, you know, take a crayon to colored index cards and make that part of the activity as kids covering it. So um, so just I don't want you to dismiss the activity like I was tempted to dismiss the activity because it's really going to be fun for kids. And two, it is Easter. It is a special Sunday. Um, So I would encourage you to do that. Um, Another activity that's a little bit more intense is making a resurrection garden. Um, Again, more involved, but great way to involve natural learners. And it's something that, you know, kids can gather some rocks and dirt and sticks to add to it. And it's, you know, like a living garden that you can keep in the classroom for week to week to remind you of that story. Um, so again, I would encourage you to do that And then there's another activity for missions Which is spreading Easter joy And you're going around and putting like artificial flowers on classroom doors And again, if you don't have artificial flowers It's real easy to just make some paper flowers And you could even use the ideas um, idea from the Babies and Toddlers Leader Guide Where they're making handprint Easter lilies And you could use those So lots of fun things for Easter morning
0: Good deal All right. So when when I'm looking at this for the kids, um, first of all, something related to them specifically is the He's Alive activity in the younger kids material. Uh, Just a heads up, like Karen, you like to give. This is one where Mm -hmm. you need to have palm-sized stones for each kid. And so if you're able to do that one, again, just don't forget to do that ahead of time. Purchase them or collect them or however you would do, and, and it's, a, it's a great activity, but just don't put that off until Sunday morning or else you probably will not make it happen. Uh, but then two in general is, again, every time we have Easter, Christmas as well to a degree, but especially Easter, it's, it's Karen, you said, it's the highest uh, opportunity for guests to be there. Mm-hmm. And so expect larger groups than normal, expect new kids, expect kids who are not used to being in church separated from parents siblings and so forth so always be ready to have extra supplies for your activities this is where you have to kind of think a little bit more deeply sometimes we can get in a rhythm oh we know about how many kids are in each group make sure there's enough activities or supplies for it this one you're gonna have to add and what, how many you add them you don't know uh you know maybe look back at your prior attendance and easters in the past that could give you some, some clue, but uh, you just don't want to run out of materials, of course. Um, make sure extra Bibles are on hand. I would have to assume those kids are going to show up without Bibles in hand. So if you encourage kids to bring their own Bibles, you want to have some Bibles for those kids who are not used to that. Um, and then don't assume your kids know the Easter story, even the ones who attend regularly. Um, while they may... Uh, have heard it, of course, and as Karen just said, we we covered this in a chronology not terribly long ago. But don't assume they were either there. We know attendance uh, is wonky. Um, you know, kids are not attending on a regular basis as in the past, so they could have missed it. Or don't don't assume it it has uh, gotten into their minds and hearts that they really know. This story. So, as a leader, it could be tempting to treat this one as a, yeah, this is going to be so redundant, they know this. But I would encourage us to try to break free of that thinking and approach this with enthusiasm and excitement as if your kids have never heard this before. And they will feed on that energy, just as they might feed on our lack of energy, our lack of enthusiasm in a negative way. With that said also, this is a great opportunity to explain the gospel using the gospel God's plan for me or some other tool. We suggest this as an option every session, of course, but we don't prescribe you to do it every session. Some of you may, but I think for many of us, we don't do it every single session. This is a good one to consider doing it, though. If you do, make sure you guard time for it, though. We don't really build in extra time for that in the suggested time frame. So you're going to have to make adjustments. And if you're used to teaching, you kind of know your rhythm already. And so think about adding, sharing the gospel, using that gospel God's plan. For me, for example, it's going to take some extra time. So maybe you already know you can do that, where there's time you can reallocate. Maybe you always have extra time anyway, but just brace yourself, prepare yourself to to use extra time for that. And then also, I would encourage us to give parents a heads up, if possible. Again, for guests, you probably won't be able to, but I just love, we're partnering with parents. Anytime that we know we're going to specifically share the gospel plan with kids, I think it's honoring to our families to give them a heads up um, so they know what kind of conversations to have coming after. If you invite kids to trust in Christ as you do, then of course they need to know about any response or any questions their kids have. So again, d- don't forget, we're partners with parents, with families. So let's just honor them. Uh, let's partner with them and just give them that heads up of, of what you will be talking about this week. So with all that said, let's talk about what we're excited about God potentially doing through this session. Karen, what, what I mean, it's Easter, <laughs> but yeah. what, what are you excited about God doing?
1: Yeah. Well, again, this is the gospel story. I mean, it's like what all the Bible leads up to the pinnacle. Um, and so I just, it never gets old, you know, we can never hear it too much, you know, and the Lord will always, you know, reveal something unique and different that maybe we didn't notice before. And, um, and there's always, you know, the reminder that like, our redemption was bought by the blood of Christ, and so I just hope that that hits kids' hearts afresh this year.
0: Yeah, it's a good word, and and I would come back to that idea of not fearing that I mentioned up at the front of the episode. Um, you know, it it it's amazing to me that many times it's not just the two times here; there are other places where we are we read do, don't be afraid. I, I've understood it's one of the more common imperatives in Scripture, uh, and. I think we might take for granted that the first disciples, what they experienced—that fear was easy to understand. It being involved, uh, when you think about, we look with hindsight. We know how things turn out. We know what to expect the tomb to be empty. But imagine what it was like for them to go the first time. Imagine what it was like for them to see an angel or whatever, or see Jesus, resurrected Jesus, and it's understandable that fear would have been a very real response. And I love God's kindness, His 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 compassion um, to recognize that in us and to take even the time to say, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid about. Uh, and because it reminds me that we can be afraid of many things too. We have lived through a season in this world that has been crazy with so many things to be afraid of, and our kids are not immune to that. Uh, they are usually more aware than what we might think they are or want them to be. They can pick up on what's going on. They can pick up on how we as adults and parents are responding. And so many of them could have fear, and they may be hiding it. Well, maybe they're honest with it and open with it. Um, but here's the encouragement that I hope God does through this session, that God knows this, um, and He would want to say the same thing to our kids. he want to say the same thing to us. And he is kind and loving to meet us where we are as well with our fears and say the same thing. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I've got this. And take us where we need to be, uh, living in faith with boldness, with assurance of, of, of who God is, our sovereign God. So I think not only does this have the opportunity, like you talked about, Karen, it's the, it's the core of the gospel message, but this extra level of because the gospel message is true fear need not be part of how we live. So a good message for us as as leaders, a good message for our kids, I hope. All right, so let's wrap it up there. Karen, thank you for sharing as always. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We hope that you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach the Gospel Project for kids in preschool. For more helpful resources, visit gospelproject.com.